Welcome to Zero Down from the Economics Department of Miranda House. In today's episode, we will talk about something we like to call viral economics and its impact on financial markets. Before we move on to the specifics, let's look at what exactly we mean by this. So remember when your feed flooded with memes about something that Elon Musk said or the entire controversy with Ronaldo and Coke? You might have even tweeted or posted about it yourself. If yes, then you might have unknowingly engaged in the phenomena that we are going to talk about today. In this episode, we will try to connect dots of these viral incidents that have happened recently and look at the bigger picture. So there's this concept known as armchair activism, which a lot of you might know about. It basically means using social media to advocate social justice through petitions, retweets and hashtags that go trending leading to a viral spread of information. In the past years, we have witnessed an increasing momentum to many political and social movements due to these very hashtags and retweets. From international movements like Black Lives Matter to national political movements like Save Lakshwadeep, social media has definitely elevated these movements to a large extent. However, it has been pointed out that armchair activism is activism in its lacking form and can easily lead to negative outcomes as it does positive ones. Today, we will be viewing armchair activism through the viewing glass of economics. To do this, we use the term viral economics as sort of an umbrella term to cover all the recent trends in social media that have had a serious ripple effect in the economy as a whole and also to see what this cultural phenomenon holds for the future. We will be especially looking at what this means in terms of democratization of financial markets. But before we show you some recent happenings that seem to perfectly illustrate this idea of viral economics, we want to ask, why does it happen? We all know how trends on social media catch on, but how do they become powerful enough to impact the economy? We refer to the book, Narrative Economics, How Stories Go Viral and Drive Major Economic Events by Robert J. Schiller, which talks about how economic facts are driven by feelings, which can lead to contagious stories with the potential to change how people make economic decisions, or what Schiller calls narrative economics, essentially what social media has the power to do. He says some narratives go viral because they contain real truth and knowledge and are useful. I'm more concerned with the other kind of narratives that are story quality, interesting, stimulating, fun, and travel from person to person. These have a high contagion rate. They lead to changes in public thinking, and changes in public thinking are important causes of major economic events. In its early form, this idea has been coined as animal spirits by Keynes, which refers to emotions and instincts that guide behavior of investors and consumers in the market economy. So the link between human psychology and economy has been explored, but social media definitely acts as an amplifier to this pre-existing relation. Let's now start looking at some large-scale impacts of viral economics in play and what exactly happens. One of the examples Schiller uses to explain narrative economics is about the possibility of a viral recession. He says, and we quote, I think most recessions are at least partly viral, but it's hard to predict which narratives take hold and which don't. The ones that do can have a significant effect. 
If the narrative is strong enough to generate a salient emotional response, it can produce a strong reaction, such as an instinctual fight or flight response. And that can influence consumer behavior in taking on risk or pulling back and slowing down the economy further. In mid-August 2019, there was a lot of talk on social media on the coming recession in the U.S., it was seen that searches for the word recession on Google Trends increased fivefold. It wasn't soon before the manufacturing index was recorded as the lowest in the past 10 years and consumption numbers were weakest in the last six months. This begs the question as to whether changing sentiments on social media platforms could play a role in creating a viral recession, which is to say that social media can very quickly lead to change in consumer confidence, spending, willingness to buy and hold stocks and so on. Next, we look at something that happened very recently in the January of 2021 and kind of blew up really. The GameStop short squeeze, which was caused by Reddit. Primarily, it started with a surge in out-of-favor stocks or essentially undervalued stocks like GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, Bed Bath & Beyond, etc., which was triggered by a herd of retail traders mobilizing via voluminous posts on social media Reddit subforum called Wall Street Bets. According to Bloomberg, 50 meme stocks added $276 billion in value from the end of 2020 to the mania height. However, in just a matter of days, $167 billion had been wiped out. This phenomena is popularly known as meme investing or investing in meme stocks. Let's now look at what exactly that is. Meme stocks are stocks that see dramatic price increases, mostly fueled by people on social media, primarily Reddit, Twitter, and TikTok. These stocks rarely have company fundamentals that back the rise in price and are often highly volatile. Meme investing through social media, crowdsourced leverage bets on stocks and cryptocurrencies are creating chaotic volatility and straining the market infrastructure. Social media platforms have become virtual trading clubs for garnering trade ideas, swapping tips, and hyping stocks. And while these meme stocks might make for an interesting news story, they tend to have far-reaching implications for the average investor. So how does meme investing exactly work? It starts with the early adopter phase which is when a handful of investors believe a particular stock is undervalued and begin to buy in large quantities. The stock's price slowly begins to increase. Then comes the middle phase, where people who are paying attention begin to notice the increase in volume. More individuals then start buying and the stock's price skyrockets. Later on, we have the FOMO phase. In this phase, word about the stock spreads across social media and online forums. Thus, fear of missing out, or commonly referred to as FOMO, takes hold and more retail investors join in. Lastly, we have the profit-taking phase. After a few days, buying peaks and the early adopters begin cashing out. Just like the buying phase, the selling phase becomes a chain reaction as people fear losing money. This is where the price goes down. So remember how everything and everyone was talking about how Ronaldo had single-handedly changed the stock value of Coke. Imagine being able to do that by just moving two Coke bottles and saying, Aqua. But what if we tell you that's not the true story? 
while we are looking at how social media can have serious impacts even for huge companies we also need to see when it doesn't do that despite the initial recording that ronaldo brought down coca cola's value by 4 billion dollars it was actually just a misinterpretation due to the viral spread of news while coke's stock value did come down this downward trend was actually noted just 3 minutes before he even moved the coke bottles in the current media landscape truth can be deliberately manipulated and disinformation is a growing business and readers can be naturally programmed to accept evidence that support our pre-existing views and disregard opposing arguments thus actually a world called post truth which is defined as relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief a fun fact for our audience here is that post truth was actually declared international word of the year by oxford dictionary in 2016 so i guess what we can take away from this concept is that post truth has the potential to be damaging for democratic economies which are purely driven by people and their opinions this brings us to look at the boom of retail investors and if there is a need to democratize financial markets Despite the obvious risks involved and amidst the GameStop controversy, online community reiterates its stance towards its principles of laissez-faire investment. Web communities of the likes of Reddit encouraging group action via slogans such as "We are all investors" and "Underdog can accomplish just about anything." Yet many on Wall Street are beginning to believe that this retail boom is likely to prove more durable than previous episodes and are likely to have far-reaching consequences. The emergence of free trading, improved user interfaces and connection speeds, cheaper and easier access to leverage and the growth of social media has definitely contributed to this boom. In this and other ways, it is clear that the new generation of retail investors is different. The investor is now younger and has less to invest, and even less to fall back on with a fleeting mindset. The motto of the Reddit crowd is YOLO: "You only live once," and this surely is not a motto for saving for retirement. This millennial crowd wants to invest in long shots, not save. We can gather some insight into this phenomena by looking at some key institutional investors who have been successfully influencing this upcoming community using social media to offer what we can call as financial nudges. Bitcoin's value jumped more than 20% after Elon Musk changed his personal Twitter bio to #Bitcoin, fueling speculation that he had bought more of the cryptocurrency. He also fueled the frenzied search in GameStop shares when he tweeted GameStop and a link to the Wall Street Bets Reddit thread. The tweet appeared to help GameStop's valuation to skyrocket to more than $10 billion in after-hours trading and resulted in some amateur trading apps to pause trading. Musk even tweeted, I kinda love Etsy, with shares in the online craft marketplace subsequently soaring by 9%. Another famous venture capitalist, Shamat Palihapitiya, posts one-page summaries of his investments in a simplified form to help retail investors better understand the financial market. As Palihapitiya has said, this retail phenomenon is here to stay. There are 2.7 million people inside of Wall Street bets, and I think they're as important as any hedge fund or collection of hedge funds. 
These venture capitalists believe that this new generation of retail investors are insightful and have the right instincts to walk the stock market. They are really passionate about getting rid of institutional inequality that's prevalent in these financial markets. The one thing that they all have in common is that they are 99% that will no longer tolerate the greed and corruption of the 1%. The rise of retail investors can be traced back with the increase in use of trading apps. In 2020, Online trading platforms experienced explosive annual growth in new account openings, and one such popular app would be Robinhood, mainly known for its user-friendly nature and accessibility. Robinhood's main pitch is that users can make unlimited free trades. It bills its product as investing for everyone. This encourages some to buy and trade stocks daily. Day trading has always appealed to a certain type of investor, but apps like Robinhood are different because the barrier to entry is so low. Even novice investors can trade with just one click and they don't need a ton of money to get started, which has historically been an obstacle for some. It has been compared to gambling apps rather than investing apps. But critics say Robinhood gamifies investing, sending regular push notifications to users about their individual stock positions. When a user makes their first trade, digital confetti falls in the app it also includes a watch list of stocks for users to track. Those behavioral nudges can encourage investors to act with only their short-term interests in mind. While chasing rewards, new and inexperienced market participants are enticed into leveraging on readily available but riskier trading options without looking into the underlying risks. Using social media to gather a community that helps democratize the financial market is what seems like a good solution, but it is not without its downfalls. The maniacal price volatility in meme stocks has brought in higher risks in the market. Brokers and clearinghouses face unprecedented trading volume spikes, straining the infrastructure, leading to the brink of market failure. The January 2021 frantic activity resulted in online brokers changing margin requirements or outright suspending trading in meme stocks. Robinhood, with over 20 million users, temporarily disabled buying of meme stocks just at the Reddit rouse traders were rushing in. Robinhood had to raise billions of dollars in emergency funds to satisfy margin calls. Two common traits that have been noticed include survivorship bias, which essentially excludes failures and amplifies the successes. And another trait noticed is asymmetric information flow that distorts the facts and statistics, making success seem more probable than it truly is. Individuals execute their trading decisions without adequately assessing the risk-reward trade-offs. Financial service firms, regulatory bodies and government are beginning to grapple with safeguarding the democratized retail trading environment. Social media platforms could be mandated to moderate online postings by flagging recommendations, opinions and stock tips from individuals and influencers as unverified or assess the risk and so on. Such flag or warning messages could cordon the emotions of traders and prevent them from making hasty decisions. Brokers should be mandated to require all individuals to complete online training before approving riskier margins and future tradings. Enhancing training, education, 
upgrading market infrastructure and moderating social media trade postings can lead to healthy democratization of retail trading environment amongst the more responsible investment platforms eToro offers a comprehensive education section on its website ranging from financial market guides to blogs podcasts and tutorials this viral spread of information has the potential to bring about change address pressing matters and help consumers take the economy in their charge but at the same time if this is not kept in check it can possibly cause an unprecedented crisis to the economy the question now is what does this medium hold for the future 